So we are about a week, literally just, uh, we're one week out from the move, and things are going really good, not just from the move perspective. Um, we are very, my, just found out my podcast is very, very, very popular in Kenya, so that's a plus. We are adding new people almost every day to the, to the writings and to the books, to the podcast. Things are going really good. Um, so remember, as you're watching, as you're reading, as you're listening to the podcast, don't forget the radio station. If you don't get the podcast, seriously, if you do not get the podcast, let me know. And I would send you the radio station because every so often I update with the new podcast onto the radio station. But basically the podcasts are just these things right here. And I trim them down a bit. So if you want to listen to the radio station that has the podcast only it's not called podcast there, or the podcast on Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, it's on uh, Apple, it's on Google, uh, there's one more I'm missing, iTunes, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's just about everywhere, but the one thing I want you to remember is I want you to share everything we do, share, get out, touch lives with the gospel, and remember, every time you hit that share button, you're getting a part of the glory of our ministry. Every time we get results, every time we touch lives, you share, you get a part of that. And we are touching lives. People are listening, and we are making a difference. So share, let everybody know about what we're doing. Uh, the Church of the Broken, that's the church we're going to be starting here soon in a physical location in Cedar Hill. We're looking for people to come alongside. Now, we're in Fenton now. It's a lot farther than Cedar Hill, so it's a little difficult to find people to come along. But soon, we are going to be in Cedar Hill looking for that physical location to get uh, a physical location going and start creating, uh, not creating, to start doing the work God brought us here to. So, all right, so today we're going to talk about grace. Let's pray, and then we'll get into it. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much, Lord, for this time. And I thank you so much, Lord, for everybody who's hearing, lives that are changed, hearts that are touched. Father, you are working a work, and we appreciate, Lord, that you allow us to be even the smallest part of your work. As we go into this, open hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. And I meant that. I am so honored that God has even allowed us the smallest part in the hundreds of lives that are, are touched and listened to us every week. All right, so tonight we're going to be in 2 Peter. 3.18 to start. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So the last chapter of the second epistle of Peter is full of information. Uh, it's full of information for the believer. He speaks of the last days, the delay in the coming of Christ, false prophets, the agreement of the apostles on the subjects that I just said, and on the vigilance men need to keep concerning the last days, the delay in the coming of Christ, false prophets. <laughs> so he's talking about all these things, and then he tells you to be aware and be vigilant for these problems. But what I want to stop on tonight is that first part. I am stopping on God's grace and the knowledge of our Lord. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what Peter says. How do we grow in grace and knowledge? Well, there is one way to grow, and that is fellowship with him. That is to better know him. 
How do you get to know someone? By spending more time with them. We get to know him by spending time with him, reading his words, talking with him. Now, that's very important. A lot of us get so caught up in, God, I need you to do this. God, thank you for this. God, and moving on. But we're not stopping to hear what he has to say. That's not a conversation. That's a wish list. A conversation is you say, Lord, this is what I think. And then God says, and then this is what I think. And then God says, and then this, that's a conversation. So many of us today, we don't want conversations. We want God to listen to us, grant our wishes, and move on. And that's not how it works. We get to know him by spending time with him, by reading his words, by talking with him. We know him by learning of him, his works. We know him by learning of him, of his works, of his righteousness, his power, his glory, and his majesty. That's how we get to know him. He has given us all we need to know him. He has given us his word. He has given us his son, and he has given us his spirit. All that we need to know him, he has provided us. He wants us to know him. Psalm 119, 103. This is what the psalmist says to God. Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through, the, through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. The psalmist knows how to get to know him. And now that he knows how to know him, he loves him even more. That's growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord. We learn him by knowing his word, studying his ways, his wisdom. We know him by his word. This is how we know him, by his word. Psalm 42.1 To the chief musician, Mashal, for the sons of Korah, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? David wants to be where God is. David wants to know God. David wants what God wants. David is the man after God's own heart. That's how you grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. By wanting to know more. By studying more. By listening more. By wanting to be more in tune with God. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. You cannot grow if you do not eat and drink, right? When you're growing up, if you don't eat and drink, you get emaciated. You don't grow. Your growth is stunted. Same thing as a Christian. You do not grow if you do not eat and drink of his word. If you're not in the word, you're never going to grow, ever. We can know God. We can know his purity. We can know his righteousness. We can know his ways. We can know his mind through studying his word. By praying, we can grow to the point where our minds, our desires are his. 
by reading his word, we know of him. We know what he wants. By praying, we're agreeing with him. We're praying for what he wants. We grow even more in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. You study, you pray. For if we know him, then we want to be like him. If we are like him, our goals are his goals. Our way is his way. For we will be his, and his interests will be ours. You and your wife. You must have some of the same interests. When you get together, you have goals in your life. You must share those goals. If you two have separate goals, you're going to have separate lives. That's not how this works. You must have the same goals. You must have the same desire to live as God wants you to live to achieve the life God wants you to have. If you're pulling at each other constantly, it's never going to work. You've got to get on the same page, the same goals, the same testimony, the same everything, and go forward. That's how it works. The Bible tells you how. Read it. Study it. Pray. Ask. Seek. God gave us his son that we might know him. God gave us his word that we might know him. And God gave us his spirit that we might know him. John 14, 9, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Jesus is saying, right simple, God gave us the Son, Jesus, that we might see the Father in him and know he and the Father are one. We are to know him, be in and by knowing him, we are to know the Father. God gave his Son that we might find salvation, that we might have fellowship with God, that we might know not just of God, but, we, that, but that we might know the Father and be a part of his family. Now, here's the interesting thing. And again, I want to remind you of this every time we do this. God gave us the Son. That we might have salvation. God gave us salvation that we might have fellowship with him. But here's the thing so many Christians forget. He gave us salvation that he might have fellowship with us. God wants to talk to you. God wants to fellowship with me, and we should want to fellowship with him as his children. Should absolutely want to fellowship. Remember that every time you say, well, I wanted to talk to God, he wants to talk to you. I wanted to be with God, he wants to be with you. I want to fellowship, he wants to fellowship. That's our God. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world 
through him might be saved. For he that believeth not on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Jesus himself is sitting here telling you, telling you, the light has come into the world, and this is him. He is the light of the world. The light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Jesus showed them their heart, and they didn't care for that. That's what the Bible does, though. When you read the Bible, when you read God's Word, you start to see God's Word. You start to see the world through the prism of God's Word. Sin is sin. Love is love. And God is pure love. And pure love can have nothing to do with evil. God gave us His Son. He sacrificed everything for us. Why? That we might have life and have it more abundantly. This doesn't mean financial success. This doesn't mean material things. This doesn't mean health. No. God wants us to have life and have it more abundantly. This means joy. This means peace. Knowing the Father and the Father knowing you. This means that you know that he cares for you and all your concerns. Your worries. Your failures. And your successes. He wants to know everything. He wants to share everything with you. Everything you think, everything you say, everything you do, he wants you to tell him about it, talk to him about it, rejoice in it with him. That's what fellowship is. And that's what he wants with you. Knowing that, you're God, that God is on your side, and if he be for you, who can be against you? We know the God of the universe walks with us. We know he has us in his hands. That is why Christ came. So you can be part of God's family. So that through him and his death on the cross, you might have all that was originally intended at creation. God sent Jesus to die on the cross. Pay attention sent Jesus to die on the cross for you to have salvation, for you to, re to be restored in Christ with God, and that you can have the uh, fellowship with him that was in originally intended at creation. Think about that. We broke it. God fixed it all. He did everything for you. All you got to do is, I believe, I talk to you, walk with you. Man, he's made it easy, and we keep spurning him. God gave us his spirit that we might commune with him. Once we accept the Son as our Savior, as the only way to know the Father and be approved of by the Father through Christ, then will we receive the Spirit. Once we have the Spirit and we are attuned to the Spirit, then we can further our understanding of the Word. Then we can better know the Father. 
Every other relationship in your life depends on you paying attention, you talking, you walking, you learning them, getting more and more intimate with them in their life, knowing what they like, knowing what they want, knowing what they don't want. God's the same way. Reading his word, getting to know him, knowing what he wants, knowing what he does not want. So what does he want? John 14, 15, again, the words of Christ. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. You notice that before? The comforter will abide with you forever. You walk away, he abides with you anyway. You backslide, he's abiding with you. You walk straight and narrow the whole way, he's abiding with you. You got the Spirit of God once you get saved forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. You have a gift from God that the world doesn't have, and that is the Spirit. He has done everything for us. How do we not praise him so much more? We as believers in Christ have received the Spirit. The Spirit testifieth in us that Jesus is God. The Spirit testifies, testifies in us and hopefully through us that Jesus is God. He tells us that we are his. For no man can, tell, can call Jesus God except he have the Spirit. You cannot call Jesus God and know this at a molecular level unless you have the Spirit. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, the Spirit of truth, will testify of me. The Spirit does just, just, doesn't just comfort and testify. He teaches, he prays, he intercedes, all for us. God created the world, we sinned, God gave us a temporary fix, then Christ came and died on Calvary, and that now fixes all of the things that we did wrong. God gives us the Spirit, God gives us the Word, God gives us the Son. He has done absolutely everything, and then once you come unto him, once he saves you, once he gives you the Spirit, he's now going to teach you how to know him, how to better be with him. Who else does that? This is how we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. We have a four-part path to a stronger, uh, a stronger spiritual life. The Word, the Son, the Spirit, and prayer. God gave us the first three. God gave us the Word. God gave us the Son. God gave us the Spirit to help us better commune with Him. Do you understand that? He gave us the Word. He gave us the Son that died on the cross. He gave us the Spirit that we might better fellowship with Him. Everything He has done has been to talk to us. It's fascinating. We owe Him everything. He did it all. How can we not want to know more of him? 
How? How can we not want to grow in his grace and knowledge? How can we not love him with all of our hearts and minds? He first loved us while we were yet sinners. While the, worth, the earth was not worth loving, he loved us. Before the earth came to be, he loved us. Think about that. While we were at our most unlovable, he loved us. That is love. How can you not want to grow in that grace, in that knowledge, in that love?